Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach. Because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. All right, so I'm going to share a story uh, about a client that we've had where this person, probably you'd say 80 to 85% of the time was really, really on top of things. So really consistent with their exercise, hitting hitting the markers that, that we set for them. Well done, green tick. And then also for that 80 to 85% of the time, what what this person would eat and drink, etc., when when reviewing their meal records, honestly looked a whole lot similar to mine. Not just in terms of consistency, but the quality of nutrition and, and the choices that this person would make. Like, hey, this is almost like reading my meal record. Then you had the the other 15%, 15 to 20% of the time, which was a colossal drop-off with sweets. So we're talking about literally uh, here in Australia, kilograms, kilos worth of sweets. So so multiple, multiple pounds for our our friends in America, but kilos worth of, of sweets, which is <laughs> no small amount. So we, we asked this person just to do a bit of an exercise for us and it's called a, a calorie awareness exercise. Now, I just want to make sure that you understand that Courtney and I aren't about counting calories because without getting too much into a digression, quite frankly, you don't need to count calories to lose weight. Can you count calories and lose weight? Yes. Can you not count calories and lose weight? Also, Yes, so we choose the path of least resistance in that. However, there is a thing that we teach our clients and exercise ourselves called calorie awareness, which is a case of just knowing through awareness and being able to identify where your sources of energy are coming from and what the differences might be. So we, as a calorie awareness exercise, got this individual just to calculate the nutritional value of these sweets so you know energy aka calories protein uh, amount carb amount fat amount etc and as it turns out um, this 15 to 20 percent worth of sweets ended up working out to be that we identified this person was eating roughly eight to nine days worth of energy in a seven day period which is another way of saying welcome to a discussion about peaks and valleys. So this is about discussing the differences between your best and your worst. With me, now that I can actually shut the hell up and get past our intro, with me, as always, is Courtney. Hey, dear. Hello. So you can start talking now. Thank you. So yes, Courtney, a discussion about peaks and valleys, yeah? Yes. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's a term that you've used much more than me so 
it took me a little while to understand what you were talking about, <laughs> but it makes total sense. Like once you understand what you what you're talking how about, how do you interpret it though? What's what's like? How does it hit you now that you sort of understand this and the way I've phrased it to you? I think you describing it as the difference between your best and your worst is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, that really hit home. I think as well you also gave an example to me of it's like you're setting a bar for yourself. It's like a minimum standard bar. Absolutely. Yeah, it is It is. It is a discussion about someone's minimum standard, otherwise known as their bottom line. Yeah. Or as I call it their valleys, the worst that they're going to do. Yeah, so it, I guess it's, it's, a, it's a conversation around having a balance and having a real balance. We always talk about a balanced lifestyle when we're talking about, you know, not aiming for perfection and there's, there's always a percentage of mistakes and it's completely fine as long as you've got consistency, that sort of thing. But I guess this takes it a step further in analysing just the balance of that consistency. Mm-hmm. So we're balancing out the, I guess, the good times versus the bad times and not only balancing that out and making sure that we've always got a good balance of it, we're always trying to raise that bar up. So we're always trying to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah, I I see a lot of people, and I've been guilty of it myself, really pushing themselves hard. And so just to be clear, when I'm, I will do this a lot through this this episode, when I use the word peaks, I'm talking about their best. When I use the word valleys, I'm referring to their worst mm-hmm. for ease of understanding. So a lot of people will fall into a trap of kind of obsessing over improving their peaks. Yeah. But their their valleys can be such a monumental drop-off that no matter how good their peaks are, their progress is limited and or short-lived. Yeah, well, I think you just... I mean, that's why that story that you just told was so perfect in this scenario to really clear to understand, which you've got somebody who realistically, if you saw it in a snapshot, looks like she's got the balance pretty right. You know, she's, um, she, he, she, he, I don't remember. Did you say he, he is going through the motions of um, exercising great, lifting some heavy weights. You know, getting hitting all of his points that way. He's getting, you know, his meal prep in and he's starting to really nail it that way. And then, you know, if he's having some sweets at the end of the day, who cares? You know, it's really easy to have that. If you're just looking at it in a snapshot, it's really ha- easy to have that oh, idea. It, it can be easy to hand wave, oh, it's, you know, just a, a bit of sweets here and there, except it was not. And you know what? I could I could use she as that example because I'm sure, you know, if I really thought back of it, that would have been me also before I, we met. I can tell you it's been me as well. Like, so, yeah. so, you know, I think a lot of people would look at that story and in some way really relate to it because it's a pretty common one. Uh, all too common, which is why it's worth having a podcast about. So <laughs> something for you listening that I want to really put into your mind you just understand most people, in fact, I'd almost go as far as to say all people, their peaks, a.k.a. their best, is more than good enough. Yeah. And in the case of especially a lot of people that I've seen and I've worked with and we've worked with over time, Courtney, their best is more than good enough and actually doesn't need to improve. Mm. It's more a case of, well, okay, can you raise your minimum standard so that your drop-offs aren't, a cliff so much as maybe just one step 
down the staircase. Yeah. Yeah. So it it tends to be I know for me just my my sort of personal viewpoint is that I don't pay that much attention to people's peaks because as I said most people's peaks all people's peaks are going to be good enough. It's more like well, what happens what do you do when when things are challenged? Mm. Like you're challenged or things go a bit left of center. How far off the rails do you go? Yeah. Like there's there's off the rails and there's off the rails. Yeah. So what we will do is Courtney and I will give some examples now. Mm-hmm. So Courtney will give some personal examples, obviously you and me, but we'll also give some examples of what we've seen with others you know, working in this line of work for a long time now. But just understand for you listening that, Yes, we're going to give these examples. They're not necessarily going to be universal. Like just because this is how our peaks and valleys worked doesn't mean it's how yours work. Some might. Yeah. But it's not like a a hard and fast, this is a written rule. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit is what we're speaking about and we'll speak about it again later on in this episode. But that's the benefit of what we're talking about is setting a personal standard for yourself because it's really in that. And everyone's personal standard is going to be different. Well, could not agree more. And worth worth repeating a, a very well-worn cliche, but it's accurate. There's no one-size-fits-all approach no. with this. And peaks and valleys is, is no different. So I, I'm very comfortable. I think, Courtney, you're going to agree with me on this. Very comfortable saying that, Everyone has peaks and valleys. Everyone. Everyone. Including you and I. Yep, 100%. But, but not necessarily the same ones. Not necessarily the same ones. I think there's a few, though, that are really big. Like, I think that, you know, you can see yourself in a lot of the examples. Like, even in a lot of the, 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 the peaks and valleys that we see our clients make, we can sort of oh, sort of see yeah. ourselves in those. So You're I right. think as a, if we're generalising, I think a lot of them, you, you'll see a lot of similarities. However, I think you're totally right in terms of that everyone's aiming for something different. Everyone's got different goals, slightly different goals, but everyone's going to um, prioritize different things. Everyone's going to come up with different solutions. Well, and that—that's where the one size doesn't fit all. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think an easy way to explain this is that yes, when it comes to weight loss, peaks and valleys will be usually centered around exercise and food, nu- nutrition. <laughs> yes, uh, for for PT clients and coaching clients, accountability. Yes, as well. Where the one size fits all thing comes in is that what an individual will have issues with within those categories could be different. Yes. Very different. So um, with with exercise, uh, it, it, you know, it could be where someone's someone's peaks and valleys is that they do go to the gym consistently. They don't push themselves. Mm. They go to the gym and hit the treadmill for half an hour. Well, our, I think we should both give our examples here because it's an example where they're both based on exercise really to a certain point, but – from very different ways. Well, I'll give mine first if you're mm. okay with that, Courtney. So for me, simple example of, of peaks and valleys when I was younger was once I decided that exercise was the cure to all my problems, if I just exercised, everything else would, would change, I would exercise three hours a day but then use that as an excuse and a trade-off 
to then go home and rather than you know refuel for the next day and you know give my body what it needed it'd be like oh well I can now go home and eat whatever I want and drink whatever I want so it would be burgers potato chips ice cream soft drinks coke etc alcohol mm. um, because hey I I've earned this I've earned this yeah so that even in itself that's a peak in a valley so mm. peak hey I'm developing a consistency with exercise. Is three hours a day necessary? It's poor, but not, yes, not, you, it's you're still exercising. It, put it this way: there is the foundation yes. of a quality habit there. Yes, I agree. Um, but then immediately the valley would be: I then go home, and just the best way I can phrase this is: piss it up the wall by just bulk eating shit because hey, I, I've earned this. Yeah. I've already burnt this off. Yeah, and it probably should come as no surprise, this approach. I tried this approach for four years. Mm. What do you think changed in four years? I got four years older. <laughs> that's not what I thought you were going to say, but that's actually quite funny. That's that's what changed in four years. Good though. job, bub. So, I'll take that. <laughs> that's good. A rare compliment. I like that. <laughs> a rare compliment from my wife. At four years older, that's good. Okay, cool. So but that's um, that's a really easy example I can give. Yeah. And I'll actually get a bit further into that because one of the ways I've you know, picked up on things is working on what happens around the exercise. We'll get to that a bit later. What's a personal example you'd give, Courtney, of peace and valleys with you? Yeah, I think the valley for me came from the opposite of you where I just wouldn't go to the gym. I mean, it was a struggle for me to get there and I would very rarely go. Was it a struggle or were you just fucking lazy? Oh, that's what I meant by struggle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. just, just making sure we're clear on that. Yeah. I was struggling to get myself there because I didn't want to go, basically. Um, I think for me, the only value, value in that scenario would be the fact that I did go. I got into then, I finally managed to get myself into a consistent habit of going, but then I would go and I would just walk on the treadmill. <laughs> now, with how, how far along you've come, now, because you've you've been a, a gym chick for a while now, will that cut the mustard? No. No. So that was where I would struggle to get there at all. But then, you know, as you said with your example, I started to build like this very, very, very baseline habit of going. However, it was just, I think for me, it was just so I could say that I had gone. But what I did when I got there didn't really matter so much. <laughs> What would you do though? Literally, I was always had this big fear never going to the weights room. It was only cardio. And I had this fear of ever using a machine that I didn't know how it worked. So I would just stick to the things that I knew how to use. So like cross trainer, treadmill. And then I usually would go by myself and I would get bored. So I would just walk on the treadmill and call somebody and have a chat. So what you're saying is you could have done that just by walking around the block. Yeah. How hard did you push yourself though at all? Rarely. Yeah. Sometimes I would if I was, I don't know, maybe I was in the mood or maybe my you know sister or someone came with me so then I would try a bit harder. But um, yeah, few and far between. So the peak, as you mentioned before, was, as I said, Building a bit of a baseline habit of actually getting there. Well, there's something there, isn't there? Because it was struggle for me for a long time to even get there consistently. <coughs> however, struggle. yeah, struggle. Then, however, once 
the the valley was though that once I was there, I didn't do anything intense whatsoever, and nothing structured, nothing really, very rarely intense, and definitely not structured. So that meant that yeah, I had this great peak of going consistently to the gym, but it was never going to get me to where I wanted to be because the valley was too big. (laughs) It was too big of a gap between my peak and my valley that it was actually going to achieve anything. In hindsight though, would you agree that despite that, it wasn't a complete waste of your time? No. Because you've learned. Yes. You know, the old uh, cloud has the silver lining. And I met you. I mean, you know. Not every story has a happy ending, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up with the exercise because even though I, I use an example of exercising three hours a day, that's not where it started for me. Where it started for me was kind of very similar to what Courtney spoke about where I'm not going to say I struggled to go to the gym. I'll just say I was a lazy sack of shit <laughs> and I would use any excuse not to go because, honestly, I didn't want to change enough. If I'm going to be real honest with the language like I was just fucking lazy so I would when have, I say struggle I meant mentally struggle I, I understand yeah. that's fine just yeah you know, the language I use I'll use on myself yes you know so I was just obviously lazy but I would go from time to time so I might be like oh you know it's Monday because you know Monday is gym day mm. I'll go to the gym on Monday but then I may not be back for another week or two mm. because I would then be like well I'm just too tired, I'm just too stressed. Usual sort of bullshit we tell ourselves. But then like Courtney, when I actually did go to the gym, I for me, I tended to exercise my mouth more than my body because I'd just talk to people in the gym and just gas bag with the owner or one of the trainers and just kind of do fucking nothing mm. and then go home. But hey, I've been to the gym. Yes. I've been to the gym. So anyway, what I'm getting at is it didn't start at three hours a day. It's just like... Yeah, eventually it's like, oh, what if I did more of this and see how this goes? And, you know, part of the mentality is more must be better. Mm. So you build up to there. Um, but, yeah, great example. Mm. I think we'll also now – let's give some some other sort of common examples that we see working with other people. Yeah. I will kick off with the most common example that I think we can all relate to. Of, of peaks and valleys is the all or nothing approach yeah, and the all or nothing mentality. Mm. So you're either 100% in it for whatever period of time it might be, days, weeks, maybe months if you're really good, but then eventually like, you know, let's say you burn out yeah. or something happens in life and, you know, shit happens in life and then you just go missing for weeks or months on end. It's you're either all on it or you're all off it. In, the, in context of this episode, you're either all peak or all valley. Yeah. There's nothing in the middle no. here. No, there's no balance. No, not none. It's just one, it's one or the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a real common example. Um, another one, Courtney, if you want to elaborate on this, can be the difference with someone between their weekdays and weekends. Yeah. Well, this is a part-time all or nothing person. So it's... <laughs> You're you're all, all you're all of one thing Monday to Thursday, and then you're a completely different person on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you're saying it's all or nothing on a different schedule. Yes. Okay. It's a part time. Yep. Part time, all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is we see a lot, 
and I think we've all probably experienced this in our time. Yeah. Where, you know, Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, we'll have like this really good structure that we set for ourselves. Really good exercise structure, really good nutrition structure. A routine in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday or just Saturday, Sunday, that's where the reins come off. Wheels come off. Wheels come off. And I think you've said it perfectly, Matt, before where, you know, you'll look at a um, a seven-day meal record or a meal accountability mm. and it's like two different people have written them. That Yeah, that's that's a good example to give with, with this one in particular where – Part of, part of what we do working with clients is ultimately with accountability, you have to look at what someone does yeah. at a micro and macro level uh, or micro and macro levels just to see the first step is like, okay, what does this person do mm. week to week? What do their routines look like? And so when someone has their peaks and valleys, kind of I'll use the phrase where they need to be, you can see a person's drop off with their valley, but it's not what I would consider a disastrous drop-off. It's like, well, I can tell this is still this person. They might just be out with their significant other for a date or a holiday or like a weekend away. Like, go for your life. Mm. Beautiful. Yet you might have then someone else, when you're studying their meal record, and it literally reads like, okay, this one person recorded from Monday to Friday and then someone else came in on Saturday to Sunday because the difference is literally two different people. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Again, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Colossal difference between peaks and valleys. Yeah. Another way, though, it, it, for some people, it may not just be difference between weekdays and weekends. It could be what they're doing at work versus being at home mm. or school holidays for the parents. Mm-hmm. The valley on a school holiday can be just be like you live obviously you know, with with kids around, but you might be living. It looks like you're living a different life. Yeah, you know. So there's there's different ways this can look, but from our perspective, we're just looking to identify like well, where where's this person's valleys? Because over time, as you impre- improve or increase or raise a person's valleys, that's going to dictate how far they go with this. So I've said this before on a countless number of episodes anyone can do good when things are easy and anyone can show off when they think they're killing it yeah that's not the hard part and the the hard part and the things that from my perspective interest me the most especially working with clients i want to see what happens when you're not at your best yeah i want to see when when someone says to me in vague terms oh i went off the rails last weekend like what the fuck does that mean off the rails to me might be different to off the rails to you. Yeah. Yep. The thing is, not many people want to give you the specifics on what that means. Yeah. So for me, for example, Matt going off the rails might be Matt has an extra couple of date nights with Courtney in a week. Mm. Or we have a, like it's a social time of the year. Courtney and Matt have a date night and then, oh, Matt's gone out with his mates yeah. once or twice a week. To me, that's going off the rails. Where for the next person going off the rails could be a packet of Oreos, a bottle of wine, and then a drive through to McDonald's for a family-sized meal. Yep. Different standards there. So anyway, the, the vagueness doesn't tell you anything. You want to know, well, what, what do you mean? 
unfortunately, that's the information that people aren't very comfortable sharing because obviously no one likes to look bad and they think, well, I'm going to be judged. Like, nah. The valleys are what I want to know the most because mm. they're the things you want to get to work on. Because as I said earlier, people's peaks are more than good enough. They, for most people, once they get to a certain standard, like you don't need to put much more effort or mental energy into improving your peaks. It's a case of just keep doing what you're doing. Let's now address these disastrous valleys. Yes, I agree. So I think what, what we can do here, Courtney, let's give some examples, personal examples of how our valleys have improved over time. Yeah. Because there's work involved with this. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of, oh, well, I heard these two dickheads talk about it on a podcast. Now it's just going to work for me. Like, nah, mate, you got to fucking earn this. Mm-hmm. So would you like to go first or shall I? You go first. Okay. I think for me, the number one valley that I've improved uh, over a long time now has been regarding what you may have heard this mentioned before over time, um, fake away foods. So we talk about takeaway foods and junk foods, etc. I'm just going to be, I'm going to lay this right out, right? Holy shit, do I love ice cream, chocolate, pizza, hamburgers, um, many different types of, of foreign foods, like just load me up and just airlift it into my mouth. Yeah. All at once, please. Thanks very much. I'll come back for more later on. The thing is, my love for these foods has not changed over the years. I love ice cream now in 2022 as much as I did when I was 22 and grotesquely obese and unhealthy. The love hasn't changed. Yeah. What has changed, though, is where I source and how I, how I get what I love and what I want without depriving myself, which yeah. is where the term fake away comes in as a way to replace take away. Mm-hmm. So I personally can say I haven't cut out ice cream. I haven't cut out hamburgers. I haven't cut out pizza or delicious things like, I mean, I love Mexican food, like take my money. None of this stuff's being cut out. But what I've done is I've worked hard over a long time. And to be fair, also in recent years, with a lot of help from Courtney, because Courtney's very, uh, I love you for this. I love you for many things. I love you for this. You're very, when we get some ideas, like, hey, let's, let's go try a new version of this. You're like, okay, let's go fucking do it. You know, so for example, Courtney and I worked hard to come up with our own homemade hamburgers. And we refined them to the, to the stage, Courtney, now, as you'll say, where, well, we could have a hamburger or a wrap. But I'd rather have Matt and Courtney's hamburger, like our, our turkey hamburger or chicken or whatever hamburger or wrap over anything I can get from a takeaway store. Yeah. But we had to work on that. Yeah. It wasn't just like we hit it straight off the bat. No. We had to work on, you know, in, in the case of burgers, the type of buns we were using, what sat well, what tasted well, mm-hmm. the actual meat itself, the fillings, the salads that will go in there, even the condiments took work to hit on things. The point I'm getting at is there was a lot of work put in over a long time to replace the bulk of the eating and the consumption I was having with these junk foods with quality fake-away options that don't and still don't now. I don't feel deprived because I'm getting what I love, but I'm getting it in a more nutritious way. Yes. The, the easy phrase to use here is, I get to have my cake and eat it too. Yes. 
because a lot of us people people like myself, Courtney, you listening, will tell ourselves, "I will. Have, I want to get in good shape and lose weight. I've got to. Oh, I can't eat this anymore, and I've got to cut that. Like that's that is a one way ticket to resenting what you're doing and feeling deprived eventually, which leads to binge eating. Yes. Okay. Fake away and replacing, as we always say, Courtney, we replace rather than cut. Mm. So the biggest one for me is replacing these foods that I still love even now. But now I have them in a way that works for me and is aligned with what I want to achieve and aligns with the way I want to live my lifestyle. Yeah. It is For me, that is the biggest win of all. The, the second valley that I've really worked on over time and improved relates to exercise. So I mentioned earlier in the episode about, you know, three hours a day of, of exercise that I built myself up to, which definition of unsustainable unless you're a professional athlete, which well, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Rather than try and cram in as much exercise as possible now and just end up burning myself out, very simply put, I stick to a schedule that I know I can sustain, that I know I can recover adequately from because my performance improves. Yeah. Because something I want to illustrate before passing this over to you for your examples, Courtney, is when it comes to um, exercise, when it comes to you know, if you're following a meal plan, well, don't. If you're, ma- if you're following a meal plan you made for yourself, the best program is the one you can stick to. Mm. Courtney. Yeah, I think um, my examples were pretty similar in that the fake away thing that especially the ice cream, ice cream for me or sweets in general were a big valley for me. Can you share a bit more about what your, your sort of consumption used to look like? I mean, I was a bit more sporadic, um, but I mean, there wouldn't be uncommon for me just randomly one day to have a litre of ice cream in one sitting. Um, Delicious, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Mm. But I wouldn't necessarily have that on a pattern. It would just be pretty, as I said, it was a bit sporadic. I might do it three times in one week and then the next week not do it at all. And then the next week after that, do it twice. And then, yeah, so it was definitely sporadic. Um Anything sweet, chocolate, cookies, cakes, Lollies. slices, yep. anything like that, um, I would overconsume definitely. And there was didn't really seem to be any sort of um, limit to it. I sort of had a bottomless stomach when it came to sweets. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of that, like for me, making a switch to making more of my own, so – um, making smoothie bowls for myself but making them really thick, you know, putting extra ice in them. Like mousse. So it becomes a bit more like an ice cream uh, texture. The consistency yeah, there, yeah. A bit more of a gelati sort of texture. Um, How good is gelati? Oh, gelati so good. Um, so that's been a big one. Yeah, different recipes that are sweets. Um, and then even just like in terms of muffins or slices, like if I – if I want to make some, like if I want something like that, I'd make it myself. That is a that's a really key point, isn't it? If you want something like that, you'll make it yourself. Yeah, I think it's good for two things. One, you know, you really want it if you're going to spend the time actually making it rather than just buying it. Mm. Um, also, I mean, I just I, I quite like to bake, so it also works for me as a bit of a mind clearer, Hobby. a bit of a relax relaxer, um, but. The important thing for me with that, though, is if I make it, I don't keep them here. 
<laughs> here at home. So if I make things like that, they have to just like I'll have what I want and then I have to give them to my family or something else to consider. You make them yourself. Whatever the food is you make for yourself, you know what's going in. Absolutely. There's no guesswork. No, no. And I think that that's good for everything in terms of like you know how much, you know, sugar or you can just make alternatives as well, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic for me being gluten and um, dairy intolerant. So, I mean, I can make things that I know that I'm not going to flare up from. Being allergic to everything has its drawbacks. Doesn't it? (laughs) Um, so that's a big one for me. The other one, I think the biggest improvement I would see is of like, I'd go back to my, um, exercise example from earlier. So yeah, I had, I was able to develop that baseline, very baseline of going to the gym fairly consistently, but then going and not really doing anything worthwhile. Whereas now. It's a start at least. Yeah, it was a start. So now I'm extra consistent with my exercise and also extra consistent. Yeah, well, I mean back then I had a very baseline. Like if something popped up, I wouldn't exactly move it to a different day. My workout, do you, you know what I mean? You just miss it? Just miss it. Yeah, okay. Um whereas now, you know, you I'm extra cautious of making sure I get my workouts in. Adaptable. So adaptable, make sure I get them in, but then also I'm structured. I have a structured program, so I know what I'm doing when I get there. And everything is, you know, recorded. Um, I'm doing a structured training program in terms of weight training and cardio training um, and, you know, pushing harder than I ever would have back then. So, yes, I think that that would definitely be a valley that is improved. Any other examples you give or you the big ones you've kind They're of They're the big there. ones, yeah. Well, shall we move into the tip section? Yes. Okay, would you like to start with the first tip we want to give on peaks and valleys? Yeah, I think the first tip is being prepared to set your own standard. So I, I mentioned it earlier, which is you have to set your own standard, which is based off what you want to achieve or what you're prepared to settle for. So to me, when, you know, Matt and I were talking about this episode and I was really getting a good understanding of his opinion on what peaks and valleys mean, I really got the sense of that this is a, it's basically a personal standard that you have to decide for yourself what you're willing to accept. And for me, that has to then be based on what you're wanting to achieve because obviously like any hard decisions that we make for ourselves, it's always easier to make them if you know what you're aiming for. But I also want to add in that you also then have to be prepared to for what you're willing to settle for. Because if you're not willing to have a bar of a standard that you're willing to accept from yourself and push it forward so it doesn't stay the same. So back when I first started, let's just say, for example, my, um, my bar at the time, I would have wanted to push that up. So rather than just having a somewhat baseline gym experience but going and just doing whatever when I got there, nothing hard at all, my, you know, pushing that bar up would have just been not go from that to what I'm doing now. It would have been just push it up so it's a bit higher. And then I would have pushed it up again X amount of time after that. So the better I got at exercising, food prep, you know, living a more healthy, balanced lifestyle, the more my standards had to raise with me. They're 
I think you made a good point that when you talk about raising your standards and, and raising that bottom line, it I'm not just going to say it doesn't need to be. It probably shouldn't be a colossal increase at once because that falls into overwhelm and unsustainable. I think the point you've made there, Courtney, is it's incremental. Mm. It's very much an incremental process. It's just, it's just little bits that get chipped away at I think, over time. I think as well you don't know what you don't know. So it's really easy in hindsight for that me to so sit deep. here. It's really easy in hindsight for me to sit here and say, oh, well, I wouldn't have jumped from there to where I am now. Back then I wouldn't have even dreamed of what I do now. So it wouldn't have even been in my thought process, let alone a bar I would have set for myself. Mm. So you, you're only setting your bar to what you know you can do. But I think the main point is to remember to always keep pushing it forward. The more you learn, the better you get the more you're, you want to achieve, you have to bring that standard with you. Otherwise, you're going to slip backwards. It is. It is. That's another, another solid point as well. Identifying and recognising and understanding that what, what you can do and get away with as a beginner will not get the job done as you become more advanced. Yeah. So raising that bottom line, as Courtney said, where – so you use the example, Courtney, of – you know, you set a good standard by at least you went to the gym. Well, that's there's something you can you can work with there. Yeah. Long term, that wouldn't hold up. If that's all you did for the last ten years, you're the same person. Unfortunately, you just go to the gym more. Yeah. And you're ten years older. You know, so that that has incrementally improved over time. So good on you. Thank you. I'll give a tip that you have to also be prepared to create awareness of where your peaks and valleys are. So how do you create awareness of these things? Well, uh, as one of the, the the key component with all the clients we work with is good old-fashioned accountability. That's, that's what our clients are paying for with us. We can then look at what they're doing and identify their peaks and valleys and work with them on improving them. That's the whole purpose of accountability and the whole purpose of coaching. As I've said previously, without that, you're just paying people like us like for expensive spreadsheets and PDF files. Mm. Other way you can create awareness if you're doing it yourself is through just data collection, a.k.a. recording what you're doing. Yeah. Keeping a training diary, keeping a meal diary, and then going back at maybe at the end of a week and just objectively looking and analysing at what's going on here. And that's the key word, objectively. Easier said than done, given that we're emotional creatures, and especially when we're not happy with ourselves, we're very much victims of our emotions. But I'll still use the word, objectively look back and analyse what might be letting you down. Because the thing is, without the data collection, in the case of our clients, without the accountability, you're just guessing. Mm. You're trying to go by memory, and as we've said plenty of times in the past, the brain does this wonderful job of clouding over mistakes and negative experiences and forgetting things that it wants to forget, selective memory. Yeah. So record what you're doing for a set period of time. It might be a week, might be two weeks, might be a month, might be three months, whatever it is. Record thoroughly, by the way, thoroughly record and go back and look and look for where there, okay, there's a gap here. Oh, shit, wow, my weekends really drop off. Or, oh, okay, I consistently miss breakfast but I consistently miss breakfast because I'm up late at night watching Netflix or playing video games and I don't get to bed till 1am and I sleep in and by the time I wake up I'm just going straight to work 
Yeah. But again, that example I just gave is, is a real common example, but you don't see you, you can't pinpoint that with someone until you've got the information and go, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. Yes. It's kind of like gradually putting together the pieces of a puzzle. Yes. Next tip. Yeah, I think um, you, we sort of touched on it before, but just making sure that when you are looking at this and, and when you've just gone through the process that you just described, Matt, that when you're looking at working on your valleys, because mm. as you said earlier, your peaks are generally going to be good enough. You know, you're always achieving more. It's really easy to strive for, for your, your, your peaks. Mm. It's hard to strive for better valleys. Um, it can be confronting. It can be confronting. But I think when that happens and you've gone through that process to really analyse what it all looks like, just really remember that you don't need to change everything at one time. And probably shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. it. And also, you know, really when you're looking at it, pick the lowest hanging fruit. So it's like what we mentioned when we've always spoken about habits and changing habits, similar concept. So there's always going to be something to work on. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just pick the thing that you are sure that you can make a change straight away. Yeah, the most achievable thing right yeah. now, whatever that one thing might be. And work on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. And then once you've done that, well, then you might move on to what's the next bit of lowest hanging fruit yeah. that you feel is, I mean, I use the word easiest mm. uh, loosely, but maybe you'd use the phrase again, most achievable. What's the next most achievable thing that you think you can work on and raise the bar, mm. improve the valley for that? Because what you're going to find is over time, if if you raise enough of your valleys and put more mental energy and focus and time, and I use the word investment with these things, mm. into your valleys, if you raise enough of them, you're going to start to change. You're going to feel it. Yeah. You might you might feel it in the gym. Oh, I'm getting stronger. Or you might you might find that you're getting a bit with your say you do your cardio sessions, you might be getting faster. Yeah. Might be recovering faster. Like you just, you know, you, you feel your performance overall improving. Your energy levels might be going up in general. Like, oh, I just I just feel better. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Your your clothes start to fit differently. Well done. I've gone down a couple of belt notches or dress sizes, whatever it might be. Yes. And over time, the more you are prepared to bring these valleys up and really close the gap between your best and your worst, mm-hmm. you are going to change a lot over a sustained period of time. And just speaking personally, I can definitely say for me, where I'm at now is not the result of me at my best. It's how it's it's honestly how much I've I've improved my worst. Yes. To narrow that gap. So I know that me, Matt, my minimum standard is still going to be more than good enough to get the job done. There will be some times where I'll vastly exceed that and I'll hit my peaks and it's like, holy shit, I'm just having one of those days, one of those weeks, great. But that doesn't that's not always how it happens. So when I have those times where, you know, I, I might be feeling flat or for whatever reason, it's just it's just not doesn't feel like it's all there, you know, I'm not gonna go off the cliff here with the car. Yeah, I agree. You know? Uh so that's that. Anything else you'd like to add there, dear? No, I think we've covered most of that. All right, cool. Well, hopefully this makes sense. Uh, to me, to me personally, this is a very, a very important, if not critical, topic, mm. just because of how much it will dictate a person's trajectory with this. 
as I said earlier, it's not about how good they'll go at their best. I don't pay attention to that because it, I can tell you now, you listening, your best is good enough. Yeah. Without even knowing what you're doing, I can yeah. tell you your best is good enough. It'll be your valleys. Yeah. Always is. Always. Always yeah. is. So we'll wrap it up, Courtney. We've blithered on long enough. We have. Would you like to give a mention to our Facebook group? Yes. Our Facebook group is, funnily enough, just called The Weight Loss Podcast on Facebook. Indeed. So if you're not following us, please do. And Or even, even more than that, if you're not hanging out with us in the group. Yeah. Yep. Please do. And other fans of the show because, holy shit, we are awesome. Yes, our email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Questions, feedback. Anything. Abuse. Yes. And Come at me, bro. That's a wrap for another week. Cool. Yep, I'll put the links to the Facebook group, et cetera, in the description of the episode in your podcast app. That's it for this week. Hopefully this has helped. Yes. Hopefully this has made sense. Feel free, actually, if you're still here. Thank you. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Once you've actually done this exercise with um, identifying your peaks and valleys, send us an email. What are yours? Yeah. Yep. What are yours and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Nice. I love that. All right. That's a wrap. Uh, hope this has helped. See you next week. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 